Hey guys, want to save an easy 10% at Shotgun House Coffee Roasters? Simply show up to either location and show your barista that you've subscribed to the podcast and left a five-star rating and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Building Something Out of Nothing is brought to you by Geekdom. Geekdom is the largest co-working space in the city with the focus of building downtown San Antonio one startup at a time. Visit geekdom.com today to schedule a free tour. What's up, guys? It's Eddie Laughlin, co-founder of Shotgun House Coffee Roasters, and you're listening to Building Something Out of Nothing, a small business podcast right here in San Antonio. Today's guest is Benjamin Crick, manager and partner at Downtown's Jet Setter and the brand new Pastiche in Dignity Hills. We sit down at Pastiche and chat about Ben's evolution in the cocktail scene, his tenure at Juniper Tar, the unexpected opportunity to open Jet Setter downtown, construction challenges and roadblocks with his latest project, Pastiche, and how he's combined his passions for fine ingredients, unparalleled service, and old-world character and taken San Antonio's cocktail scene by storm. Enjoy. Uh, I worked at Esquire for a while before Maybe that's I went off here. on my own. Yeah. Oh, definitely. See, well, then you, so you did Jet Set, you did Juniper Tar. Yeah, did you ever make it in? That was the one period? bar I didn't make it into. Uh, I wanted to get in there, and then it closed. Dude, I was like, did you ever see photos? Yeah, it looks awesome. Dude, it was sick. It, it was, was that, that one and Haunt were the two I wanted to get yeah. to. And we got to Haunt because we ate at Rebel. Gotcha. Uh, that was great. And we, yeah, it was great. So, But then it was like my girl's birthday, and so we did that whole Man. thing. But yeah, we, we made it a goal to get to Juniper Tar. And then I was like, oh, dude, Juniper Tar is not open anymore. <laughs> dude, it, hurt. it was so gorgeous. I curated a back bar of a thousand spirits. Every country, region, style represented in there four or five levels of shelving chandeliers like oh dude it was a work of art uh detail everything it's just a shame how it fell but that sucks yeah well i do want to talk about that let me kind of introduce you to our people but yeah uh, i'm sitting here with benjamin crick uh manager and partner here at pastiche we're sitting here Uh, yeah dude at this point um so full ownership of pastiche and jets okay yeah awesome yeah Yeah, so full Um, ownership pastiche and Jet Setter, uh, formerly you were at, we were just talking about it, Juniper Tar. Juniper Tar, that was a, a fun ride. That one, it was more of the face of the concept. Yeah. Uh, beverage uh, director, uh, you know, bartending, uh, doing the curation, managing, plumbing, electric, <laughs> dishwashing. How, how long were you at, how long was Juniper Tar around? Like we were just saying, uh, like, so I, I never went, so. I, there was, it was already set in place in 2015, it opened for okay. six months. Okay. Uh, so the decor and everything was already built out. Um, it had a different kind of vibe to it, different beverage program. Um, and it closed October of 2015. Yep. And then we had the opportunity, I was at Esquire at the time, had the opportunity to jump over and uh, lead a whole new program in the old Juniper Tar, uh, which I did. I started uh, January 1st, uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we opened to the public the 12th of January during the cocktail conference that week. And then it went for about two and a half years oh, wow. until it closed uh, June 28th of last year. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially after Juniper Tar closed, isn't that when you kind of announced that you were going to do Pastiche? Man, it was a weird, uh, weird line of events. Uh, so originally, I thought I was going to stay in Juniper Tar okay. uh, and bring in a new concept, which the concept I wrote out at the time was Jet Setter. I designed all of that to go into to replace Juniper Tar uh, when the guy who was fronting the money uh, ended up getting uh, his debt caught up with him with the IRS and right. multiple other So issues. you were, you were going to replace, like, take... The same location. Right. And this time, own the business within it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was uh, the plan of action at the time. Um, things got really twisted around, and the waters got muddied real quickly. And unfortunately, we're unable to come to an agreement okay. uh, for that to move forward. So at this point, uh, it was, you know, sell my soul to keep Juniper Tar, uh, which I was extremely uncomfortable with, and decided to jump into the unknown and the abyss. So pastiche was not an option at this time. Right. Uh, this was just truly walking away from something beautiful, uh, but it was the right thing to do. And at that sucks. So you loved Juniper Tar. One hundred percent. To piggyback after the guy's vision before me was great. We just only enhanced it. We yeah. added to it, uh, add a more approachable beverage program, which the city really took a liking to. We hit a lot of high marks uh, quickly in terms of becoming best bar San Antonio two years in a row. 
Texas Monthly, led to New York Times, wow. Forbes, Travel and Leisure. Uh, we're, we're hitting global marks and national marks uh, as well as local and, and state. That's crazy, uh, man. And all that uh, happened really quickly. Uh, we gained a, a good following. I felt like we had a different enough beverage program uh, that cut out all the pretentiousness and arrogance. Yeah. Uh, it was more of a no dress code, no reservation, come as you are. What kind of drinks were you serving there? Like, uh, similar to what we're doing now at Jet Setter and Pastiche. They're okay. very intricate. Uh, I try to pull from old world, like a lot of thorough research in terms of history, what pairs together uh, back then and now. Okay. Uh, but then uh, utilizing modern techniques yeah. and a lot of modern templates and formulas that have been around for the last hundred years. Uh, so just more so, yeah, making what was old new again, wow. in, in a sense. Uh, and a lot of the flavors and the ideas come from travels. I travel a good bit to gain inspiration. Okay. I smell everything, I taste everything. Uh, and it's not just going to bars in other countries. Uh, they're already doing their thing. It's more so just being engulfed by the culture right. in every way possible and then bringing that back and then putting it into a cocktail and making it. And, and that's from uh, the aromatics to the flavors to the ingredients to the glassware to the whole and to the name. So it's bringing that whole experience. experience back and not yeah. just like, we're going to bring this cocktail or this drink or this beer. Right. It's like, so that yeah. it's more of uh, in the terms of how I do the programs. Uh, yeah. There is like a, a, a theme that kind of connects everything. Uh, and for me, it's, it's more of a worldly theme. I like really bringing in flavors of the world uh, and incorporating that into the culture that's already been in San Antonio. Yeah. And just layering on top of that. And so that's what you started to do at Juniper Tar. Yes. Um, yeah. And then that unfortunately closed. You right. had an opportunity to kind of take that over, but it was... No, you know, uh, it did unfortunately close. Uh, but during that time period... It was um, a great time to learn in yeah. uh, multiple aspects uh, what not to do. Um, I got to experiment on someone else's dime, uh, ultimately, uh, and I tested out the market. I tested things that uh, I feel like a lot of other people in the city were afraid to do, price points, uh, taking the hit on a personal gain, but putting quality at the forefocus, putting service, and spending money in those areas, uh, which created an experience that you weren't finding anywhere else. And people, we became a destination. And we were having building this following because of the experience alone. You had a team of bartenders that were eager to please, completely humble. There were no wrong orders. Mm -hmm. You never felt stupid. It's very relaxed, but they're very educated at the same time. So we did a lot of listening and understanding of what the guest is asking for and then finding the right fit for each guest. Not so much so bespoke. We already had cocktails that fell into those flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. okay. And we would just pull from there. Okay. Uh, I'm a big uh, advocate of consistency, right? And I try to control that as much as possible, right? I feel like that's more of a timeless method that equals longevity. Yeah, um, definitely, I agree with that. So we don't shoot from the hip much okay. at all, uh, and if so, in that case that it happens, uh, communication, over communicating, letting everyone know that this one person likes it this way. Yep. And then we all know we're all on the same page, uh, and then even in terms of classics, uh, we can make them all. I train everyone on how to make them, but we have about 400 recipes that we all go by. So anytime you order a classic in Old Fashioned or in Manhattan, no matter if it's a different bartender, a different night of the week, it's made the exact same way every time. That's awesome. Because that consistency is very yeah, important. Yeah, no, it's huge. That's why people come back again Absolutely. and again and again. Uh, we don't play into the season uh, either. So the menu kind of is a, a year-long menu, uh, pastiche and jet setter. Uh, and I feel that that's because, you know, you do fall in love with something, and then you go back, and it's already gone. Okay. Uh, and that's not a bad business model either. It keeps people engaged. Uh, I just like to kind of stick to something that's more consistent for a longer period of time. And we put a lot into the menu, a lot of thought, a lot of research, a lot of time and money. So I don't want to change it every quarter. Dude, definitely. Yeah. So I'd read that Juniper Tart closed. You had to kind of make some decisions. So... Did you go, did did you kind of decide that you were going to start trying to do pastiche and then Jet Setter came along? Is that what happened? So pastiche, I was approached when uh, Juniper closed. I wasn't sure the next move. Uh, I was looking overseas, to be honest, to join uh, some other programs. Hong Kong, Hong Kong was on my list. Oh, so you were thinking about leaving? Absolutely. Okay. And then it was really cool. Uh, I had a lot of people reach out to see what my next move was. 
Um, and then I had actual the, the press uh, in San Antonio reached out to to kind of make sure, or were concerned that I would move. Uh, they saw the doors that we're opening and the progressive ways that we're incorporating into the cocktail scene. Yeah. And they were all for it and behind it. And it, it was something that I also agree might have been ahead of its time, but it didn't need to, to it was like killing a baby. Yeah. It didn't need to happen. Um, but uh, it wasn't until a few, like a month in, that I really decided that uh, San Antonio has... The potential. I didn't want to give up on it. I see what the future is going to hold here, uh, and I believe in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got a phone call from a gentleman named Jean-Luc Met, who is the owner of uh, the property for where now Pastiches. Okay. They had an LLC, and they wanted to open a bar here. Uh, due to Trump's immigration rules, one of the brothers was living abroad uh, and could not get back into the States at this time, okay. and it dismantled their LLC. Uh, and they had an idea of running a pretty uh, eclectic kind of European wine bar. Uh, that was their vision in mind from the get-go. Um, they gave me a call. I came out, met with them, looked at the property, fell in love with it, saw the same vision that they saw. So they had the house. They had the They house. had it, okay. yeah. Uh, and the potential was there. Uh, and I was spitting out ideas that I had already written down in terms of a concept that was very parallel to their vision eclectic European old world style bar and then seeing the house I knew immediately that this was it mm -hmm. and we all agreed and we became formed a beautiful partnership uh, they recently moved to Minnesota but they still own the property um, and the trade-off uh, right now uh, they do own it but if they ever decide to sell it it's first right to buy or refusal wow um, so it's a it's a win-win kind of scenario because uh, the idea for all of us is this to be a pillar in the community yeah, as it grows over time and to be that oak tree. Uh, and this is how you do it. So we both want it to last for, you know, decades and generations to come. So so was the house already, so you decided to come on board mm -hmm. type thing. Blank, um, blank canvas. Blank canvas. I mean, we were talking, because I know you hit some construction hiccups right. and things like that Absolutely. that you were supposed to open earlier and then had to push it back. For sure. Which everybody can, if ever opened a business can relate to. Right. Um, but yeah, so what was it like? Originally, what did the inside look like? Do you have to complete yeah, it? Yeah, it was the place, or was just it a just... 1930s house, unfinished. Uh, the wood floors are exposed. The shiplap is exposed, uh, which we left. because so you, you didn't have that. That was there. It was already there. That looks really cool. Uh, yeah, and it really gives it, it that awesome, charming, yeah. antique feel. Uh, so we, we kind of played into the raw, rustic part of the house, or being of what it, what yeah. it is. And then I uh, built out the bar to what it is. Decided to do the classic French uh, checkered tile behind the bar uh, okay. only. Uh, did a, a butcher's block bar top and had it uh, uh, stained to like a cedar to match the house. Sweet. Left the uh, exterior around the windows raw and then just painted a nice soothing, uh, like darker teal or, or green which you would find like in the Czech Republic. It yeah, kinda, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, and the, the goal is kind of like a Parisian French. You know, it's, it's heavy French due to the products okay. uh, that we carry, but it's more overall just European. Uh, the vibe is relaxed. You see the intimate seating. It's comfortable. It's like being inside an antique or antique store or a library. Okay. Uh, it has that cafe kind of feel. Um, the, the bar even though the bar is the prep, like the kitchen area, it's open to the public. Uh, like you would see in a mom and pop style shotgun kitchen in a house in, in the yeah, countryside yeah, yeah. of France. Um, and then the backyard, we've lined with, with doors we found all over the neighborhood. I've collected old porcelain sinks for a while and raised them up on bases. Dude. And those are our champagne buckets. Those are our ice buckets for the wine. That's beer, awesome. Uh, for each individual table. Um, part of... Uh, Pastiche's uh, mission is just like uh, Jet Setter. We're doing the zero waste initiatives. Uh, we're doing the full composting and recycling. Okay. Minimal paper usage. Uh, here we're going to be growing our own herb gardens to use for the cocktails. Dude. Uh, have an egg or chicken coop on the way to use eggs for the cocktails. Uh, we wash all our linens and aprons on site and we hang dry them here. So. Uh, take this water heater. We're not contracting a linen service. It's a super sustainable 100%. situation. Yeah, we use all the ingredients as much as possible, and keep getting creative in how we can keep doing that before throwing it out. We log all our waste. 
the menu's been written, uh, except for one cocktail, without citrus. We carry fresh citrus, but we juice to order only. Okay. So we're not dumping anything not out dumping at the end of the night. The end of the day. Yeah, and huge. it's uh, very quick uh, how the menu's written. So if anyone orders like a daiquiri, uh, bartender just calls out uh, one ounce, and that's like one lime. We just juice a lime real quick. Yeah. Uh, to order so people get to see the freshness of the quality it's crazy and it's the you taste it and then we're not wasting anything is that kind of what you're doing so you do that here were you already doing that at Jet Setter and kind of yeah Jet Setter now it's more high volume so we do choose beforehand but we follow the pars and we log all the waste to where we're dialing it in so we have as minimal uh, pouring out at the end of the night as possible okay Um, and there are a few citrus cocktails over there just so that we're utilizing uh, uh, having a reason for the produce. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Jet Setter briefly because that is what happened. That was kind of a weird... That happened before this, right? Correct. So that opened up. <laughs> yeah. And then... And a lot of people didn't even know that was happening and then it just happened. Right. <laughs> and then this opened up. Um, so you got the opportunity to do Jet Setter and that was because uh-huh. the last word closed. That's uh, um, another funny story. Yeah, uh, what happened with that? So... Before, before Juniper closed, I acquired the license to a franchise, a Christmas franchise called Miracle. Cool. It's based out in New York. Uh, it's basically a five-week Christmas pop-up where they select who they want to run it. has to be a high-volume craft cocktail bar because the recipes they're sending you are uh, pretty intense. Uh, they're elevated, and you have to do it on a high-volume scale. Yeah. Um, so not just anyone can acquire the license. They selected us. Uh, I bought it which is a, a no-compete, so we'll always have it uh, every year for the city of San Antonio. So we'll represent it awesome. every year moving forward. Juniper closed, and part of the license is that you have to use it. <laughs> uh, so I did everything in my power to get past each open, uh, and I couldn't do it. Just hit every roadblock, no demand yep. with the city. And it was just, it was an unattainable goal to do it uh, by the time that As quickly to. as you wanted to do it, yeah. Um, so then I got a little desperate and I was asking around people in the city if I could host it at their places and uh, share the profits or whatnot. Uh, wasn't having much luck. Then I remembered that Houston Street Charities owned or was running uh, the last word location. Okay. Um, and that last article that came out, that's uh, how it was worded. Last word moves out, Houston Street Charities moves in. Okay. Um, but I went to Kathy Siegel and, and asked her, uh, she'd be interested and she showed me the location uh, and was open to it although she did mention the fact that they weren't leasing it and that's when a light bulb went off in my head that this is an incredible location no one's leasing it it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's just uh, you can't beat it uh, so I immediately called uh, a partner of mine that who was going to help me bring Jet Center to life at uh, Juniper uh, in terms of, of helping get it off the ground right. uh, financially. Uh, my same partner that I have for Jet Setter, I've brought on to Pastiche because our goal now is to do a lot of things together in the city. He's formerly, or he's currently with uh, Earthburger, Bok Choy, and Green, or okay. that company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he has a lot of great uh, experience behind him, a lot of great ideas uh, and mindset in terms of uh, what San Antonio will be as well. Yeah. I was truly impressed. Uh, he's opened at 90 restaurants at this point in his career wow. and understands a lot of the areas that were my weak points. Mm-hmm. So it became a very strategic uh, partnership. Uh, and then when I reached out to him about Jet Setter or the last relocation, he was 100% on board. He's like, we have to get that spot. Um, and we did. We uh, started working with the landlord that November, and then knew we couldn't move in until after cocktail conference because mm-hmm. Houston Street Charities had it for that week, uh, and we went ahead and, and pulled the trigger on it. Uh, now going back to hosting Miracle at Houston at Last Word, uh, we just weren't able to make it happen in time. Uh, didn't have the funds to get it up and running, and the manpower. Yeah. I lost everyone at this point, uh, and it's a huge production, so it just was undoable. Uh, but now. Circling back a year later, we are doing and hosting Miracle at Jet Setter this year. Oh, hell yeah. When, <laughs> Which is when, amazing. Is, that, when is that happening? Uh, November 25th to December 30th. Oh, we'll have the five-week Christmas pop-up. So dude, we actually are bringing it to the city. Better location. I have the team to do it. Uh, so it took a year, year and a half to yeah. make it happen, but it's and happening. it'll be ten times better because Pastiche, even though it would have worked, 
uh, the occupancy is just not capable of something. Yeah, Jet Setter is a bigger, it's a 100%. big space. And the location works. It's perfect, dude. Yeah, it's so awesome. it's funny how it all worked out. Uh, and there we are. So we'll be starting that, uh, yeah, end of November. So you were super stressed out about it about a year ago? It's a yeah. whole other program. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's funny how, you know, it's, uh, my mindset is uh, it's, it's different in terms that uh, I don't, nothing can stop me. Yeah. It's just pushing and pushing. I know hurdles are going to come. Bad turns into good. Good turns into bad. Uh, all of that's more in the mind than anything. So uh, you just keep going. And eventually uh, the universe does meet you in the middle. Uh, and these things start to align. Yeah. So uh, and they all start to make sense. That um, eventually turn into a win. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, it's amazing how it's happened. Uh, and now it's opened the doors to do so much more. Uh, pastiche is a year behind schedule right uh hit every hurdle in terms of funding i lost funding twice halfway through it just because uh converting something from residential to commercial one costs a lot of money uh the city uh they were hitting me hard on plumbing uh multiple times uh new inspector new list uh, to where it just drains uh all the money and and it just came to a standstill and there's nothing you can do but just wait but then Jet Setter miraculously came along, which uh, pretty much gave me the rest of the funding to build out Pastiche. There you go. Uh, and I couldn't couldn't happen in a better way. Uh, if Pastiche had opened at the time that it did, it was too early. It would have been a rush job. It would have been yeah. forced. Yeah. And it wouldn't have had the uh, great feedback that it has now. So all these different things, these like horrible, you know, stalls that you had, and these right. like horrible situations. Which, like I said, I'm sure you were super stressed out by it. Like financially, it's like, dude, it's a, it's a stressful. And like you said, you don't know where to turn. You don't know who to turn to. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a thing. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, man, entrepreneurship is as real as. Uh, I do not recommend it for the faint of heart at all. You know, you're it all is. in, or you're, or you're not. Yeah. Uh, and it's a roller coaster of emotions. Crying in the shower is real. Living off tuna and ramen is real. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, dude. A lot of things that, like, uh, it's just faith. You really, you put it all in, and you just, I don't know. You yeah. just believe it or you don't. There's no, like, uh, I think anyone can acquire it in terms of entrepreneurship, but it is a different mindset. You have to really uh, be able, uh, sacrifices are made. I agree. Uh, a lot of things, uh, at relationships, or everything's put to the ultimate test. Dude. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's just how bad you want it. <laughs> Uh, and then that, that's what separates, uh, I think, people like us from others, even though they're still capable of doing it. It's just how bad uh, you, you want it uh, is, is what will say if you get there or not. Um, so talk about Jet Setter for a second. Um, if anybody been to the last word, mm-hmm. uh, it's different now. Sure, it's, it's, yeah. and it's super cool. Uh, very kind of like classy and sleek, and it's yeah. how would you describe it? Uh, mid-century and modern. Okay. Uh, more of like that 1960s airport lounge kind of feel. Hell yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the the theme behind it is bringing all the international flavors, bringing international techniques, uh, international glassware we import. Uh, having the team dress as steward and stewardesses. They, they dress very nicely. Right. Yeah, it feels very uh, professional. We have the martini cart that goes around. It's cool. Um, so it's a full-blown experience. And something that uh, that I focus on with both Pastiche, Jet Setter, and Bards to Come is that core line of the experience and the vibe. Yeah. Uh, that has to be dialed in. You can get drinks anywhere. You can, you know, services hit or miss throughout the city. Um, so... Making sure that we're dialed in, listening to the music, making sure it, it coincides with the, what we're doing, the lighting, the decor. Uh, are people losing track of time? Are they having a good time? Yeah. Those are things that I really focus on. Uh, uh, you know, and then it comes to the service. You have to have a level of service that's memorable. At this day and age, there's a lot of options that are going to continue to come. But you're more likely to go back to where you know you're taking care of without judgment every single time. Dude. Uh, and it's consistent in the so service. Like you said, and you're about consistency. And then you're confident in telling other people to go there, sending your friends and family there. One thing I've noticed at Jet Center downtown is nothing was, you know, not to, to, to bad name anything, uh, Jet's uh, last word had their own struggles and issues. Uh, two of those were, one, the bathrooms had a lot of bad reviews, and there was a horrible smell. Uh, knowing that the first two things we tackled were the bathrooms 
and we invested and put a lot of money into fixing the smell. Now we have medic grade air. We have water that's filtered off at 9.5 pH. Okay. Uh, those are memorable parts of the experience. Yeah. Can't be a smelly bar. Yeah. Uh, you can't have skunky water. Right. Like you just, those things you remember. Uh, so those are the first two things that we fixed immediately. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and it's an investment in the long run. Uh, elevating the experience there where it matches who was there. We're next between the Palm and yep. Bohannon's yep. and Broadway. So to get those people there, you have to elevate it. They need to have the same experience that they're already having. And that's what we've done. Now, Bohannon's and the Palm confidently send people to us to continue that experience. It reflects goodly uh, on them. Same with the hotels. They're not sending people to other hotel bars. That's feeding the competition. But they will sell them to or send them to Jet Setter right. because that's a middle ground that everyone can yeah, agree on. Yeah. Y'all are having a nice high-end experience here. Go to Jet Setter. So now we're getting a lot of that. The concierge back us. And I think you help. It's like, you know, Esquire downtown and places like that. Downstairs is amazing. It's amazing. amazing, yeah. And it's like it really helps the the tourism downtown. It may, gives you an For awesome, sure. cool place that isn't what people traditionally think of when they think of going to downtown San Antonio. They think of the Riverwalk. Uh, right. And it, and it is changing. Things are moving up to Houston Street and all around, and you're feeling it and you're seeing it. There's a demand for nice things. People are willing to pay more. Yeah. Uh, listening to the voices of who's here now and, and who's coming more so. Uh, and the lifestyles that they're currently living uh, is one part that I feel San Antonio's uh, kind of lacking. And that's where a lot of my presence is coming in, is the lifestyle. People are moving here with the same bank accounts from, say, California. So it's not the money that's an issue. They're actually living like kings. The real estate's in their favor. Yeah. But there's no lifestyle that's matching it. So that's why jet setters are important. Uh, the bar that I'm building behind jet setter, first class, is important. Uh, Pastiche, uh, downstairs, Esquire. Um, that is attractive. That makes people want to move here. Yeah, it does. Uh, the city will support that, too, because they also... It needs to be attractive on all levels because they need people to want to move here. Um, so it is a, a good time to kind of elevate all around. And I feel uh, not there is a certain uh, level of innovation that we are bringing, but we're also just bringing awareness and following the patterns uh, in the European markets, in the primary markets in the States, because we're the secondary. So it's going to trickle down. Yeah. It's coming here. So just following that, we're somewhat ahead of the times, but we're filling in right into the need and demand of who is coming. Right. Uh, and timing is everything. Uh, Juniper Tar, the timing was before its time. You were it before truly your was. time. 100%. Frost Tower wasn't there yet. Yeah. Now it's a goldmine of a location. Now it would really work. But that's just, you know, that's how it goes. Is that location still open, by the way? Is it available? They've hit a major roadblock by defacing a historical uh, property. Right. So I believe they're stuck in the tracks at the moment. But once again, uh, the location is just too good. Somebody will... Someone will snatch it up and yeah, do something with it the next few years. It's a no-brainer. I'm, sure, I'm not sure what, what, where they're at now in terms of progress. But Okay. What's your, what's your customer base like at, uh, at Jet Setter? Are you getting a lot of... Is it like 50-50, like destination and tourism? or is um, it? So noticing the patterns now... Uh, Locals aren't really coming downtown anymore. Okay. Uh, just due to price points are changing, uh, lifestyles are changing, and the parking is uh, it's not beneficial. Uh, neighborhood bars are really killing it. Yeah. That's where the locals are going. And it makes sense. It does. Uh, why go down and pay $20? I mean, you're paying more for parking than pretty much your experience out. Yeah, I get it. Or it's like one quarter, one third of your experience so you can't justify it. Yeah. Um, the city needs to figure out a way to fix that if they really want more of the locals to come downtown. So to answer your question, we have more of a tourist base. We have more tech base. Okay. Uh, we do have locals that are uh, loyal followers of ours. Right. Um, and then of course you get the people that are going that are local that are going on a night of the town, birthday, dinner, anniversary, uh, or if they live, you know, we get the Majestic, we get the Vistana. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we get Maverick. That is true. That's we'll get more of that kind of local base in the future. Um, now to kind of be more attractive uh, at Jet Setter during happy hour, four to seven, Monday to Friday, I've hired on uh, the best shoe shiner in the city, Craig Birkenapp. Oh, nice. Uh, he's going to be setting up shop down there. Uh, we have an unbeatable deal. You get a Glimmer Angie Scotch for $10, includes a shoe shine. Whoa. Or a Cape Mantel Australian wine, their uh, Simeon, their Rose, 
or their Cabernet or the sorry, the Shiraz, ten dollars get a shoe shine. It includes it. So you get a you pay for that. You get a boarding pass. You go to him. When did you start doing that? Starting Monday. Oh wow! So it's brand new. Ev- ev- it started yet? Yeah. You no, know, this Monday it starts every Monday through Friday, uh, four to seven. You can't beat it. That'll attract people that are working in the restaurant industry to get their shoes. Uh, businessmen getting off work. Yeah. Or business women, women getting off work. Uh, people going to the shows. Uh, and once again, we get to raise the community. This guy is coming from a long line of cobblers. He's a craft all in his own. She, the art of a shoe shine is definitely a craft, and it's something that should not be forgotten. Okay. Uh, so it's exciting to watch and be able to give him a platform through our platform, right. which is raising others. Dude, I think that's awesome. So you opened up Jet Setter, you got it going, and then you were like, okay, I got a little scratch coming in, I got right. some money, now I can refocus on unfinished, unfinished tasks. Was that the idea? Dude, was like, I'll go right back this to that This was project. never, I was not going to be uh, still until this came, out, came about. There was no way. I had my heart set on it, the vision set on it. I knew that this concept would work, and we got here. Uh, it's been great across the board in yeah. terms of press, feedback, community. Uh, and the, the steps we're taking here in terms of bringing in the community is we are bringing in uh, La Boulangerie, downtown, French place. Uh, they do amazing French food. They have French interns uh, quarterly that do the food, make the food. Yeah. They import ingredients. Yeah. They're fresh off the boat from France. So they made a custom menu for us uh, to like, use here. Like what? What are you going to have? Salmon turnovers, vegetarian quiche, lemon uh, meringue tarts, chocolate oh, wow. tarts, wow. croissants, wow. fresh baguette made daily. We'll do like a soup du jour. Um, cool things that match our beverage program. Uh, and then on Thursday nights, once again, realizing that we're... we're uh, trailblazers on the east side. There have been others here before us. Uh, now we've opened the floodgates for more to come. This is a community that is in the process of uh, gentrified. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see it. It's a very checkerboarded community. Um, instead of being part of the uh, an issue, it's more we want to embrace. So uh, we've decided, or I've met with Ma Harper. Right. Uh, she has her Creole kitchen. Also, on the other side of right. 35, she's been an institution on the east side for decades. Uh, and what uh, she does is amazing. Her food's amazing. I was able and thankful to get her to get, come out, see Pastiche. She likes the idea. She believes in the idea. Uh, and we're working out now uh, Ma Harper's fish fry and gumbo one night out of the week in our backyard. Dude. Uh, and we're matching it with a Creole, New Orleans-inspired cocktail menu. And we're going to change up our music to more of a Cajun, Zydeco style. So you've got a lot of things, a lot yeah. of ideas for this place. 100%. Uh, and then and how this I see working is when you let the community uh, have their hands into it to a certain degree, it becomes more of their own. They're more likely to protect it and also help it out. Uh, and the only way to do that is to share. Can't be greedy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm more about sharing for the ultimate goal of impacting yeah. than anything else. Yeah. I've seen what greed and egos have done, uh, and it's completely warped the mindset and has closed down a lot of places. Uh, I feel like this is how you build something that's timeless, uh, and this is how you become that oak tree. But you have to share. There's no other way. So what's the reception been like? You mentioned that it's been positive. You've got some good press. What You've been mm-hmm. open about, what, three weeks now? Yeah, we did a soft opening since so like week, maybe four if you okay. don't count that. Okay. Yeah. And people have been... Loving it. Any advertisement? Is this all word of mouth? Um, All word of mouth, which I like to do in the beginning. Yeah. uh, Just to see how far uh, our natural reach is. Yeah. Uh, And then we do have a PR team, which they're going to start putting out press on all the establishments. Okay. Um, And we've hired uh, for Jet Setter alone an event planner um, who also will help in terms of rental and buying out uh, both spaces because there is a demand uh, and we definitely want to. Uh, have that as part of what we do and offer. When I first came in, you gave me um, your your menu uh, that you can like flip through and check out, and it's like five, six, seven pages, something like that, um, from cocktails to the wines to the to beers the beer, and right. stuff like that. Um, but you said that's going to be changing, right? Yeah. So that is a temporary menu. The actual items that you read will stay the same, but uh, we're having our menus uh, reprinted on recyclable paper that we're making in house. Whoa. Uh, so once again, we're saving. Uh, any paper that we're not using that we can okay. uh, to make the menus. Uh, and, and just, like I said, we're just trying to dig deeper 
in ways that we can have less of a footprint okay. and maybe change uh, the mindset of future entrepreneurs right. in terms of whether it's culinary or beverage uh, or just any, any I guess, industry. Uh, and for me, the future is impact uh, investing. If you're going to support someone, uh, are you going to throw money towards just the person who's only opening a bar uh, with these price points or a bar, same price points, but has learned a way to absorb the cost and filter it into the program to where uh, the impact is much larger yep. in terms of sustainability, the environment, also internally where you're raising the ceiling, uh, helping fund the education for the staff and team inside to where they can build a career out of it. Uh, not have their ambitions snubbed out early on, have an incubation system where people are willing to stay. Yeah. We don't need people hitting the ceiling and then moving to other cities. Right. That hinders. Uh, and so trying to raise it internally at the same time. So all of this would be, you would more likely invest in a program doing that if they can show it proven successful on paper versus, hey, I just want to open a bar, not going to recycle, not going to think about what the impact is and what the waste is going to be. Uh, and I feel like that's more guided towards what the city of San Antonio will be built off of. Yeah, so looking towards the future instead 100%. of trying to stay the same. We're, I think that's man, really this cool. is one of those cool uh, times to be here because San Antonio is, uh, this is a defining decade. Yeah. From 2020 to 2030, the city will change, uh, unlike what most people are uh, can even imagine now. It's been a sleepy city for so long, but uh, those that are coming now, the voices are becoming louder. Uh, there's more money behind them. Uh, and their, their demands are higher and expectations are higher. Awesome. I've been preaching this to locals for a long time to expect more and demand more now uh, from your local entrepreneurs uh, in terms of what they offer. Support them, but also raise expectations and demands. Otherwise, when everyone else shows up, they will be pushed aside. So it's better to do it internally now. Yeah. And we're preparing for that 100%. I want to raise the bar for what's to come. Uh, and these zero waste initiatives, once I'm able to speak more about it and let others know that it's not that costly and people will work with you, city right, will work right, with you, yeah. then it's a no-brainer to do it. Then you change the face of a city at the same time. Yeah, and I can tell you as a business owner that um, a lot of like the younger generation really, you know, they're, they're, about, they're about it, man. All these new people moving in, they want Absolutely. you to be a lot more sustainable and things like that. So got to pay attention to it. And, and, you, know, you have just to care. listen to it. You yeah, do. you can't. You have to adapt and you have to listen to who's yeah who's coming uh, and follow the patterns. Um, like I said, and there's ways of going about it to where it's not offensive. Right. You can layer on top of culture that's here. Right. Not pushing it aside and right. not forgetting it. On all the menus that I create, I always pay ode to San Antonio in some respect or what was in the surrounding area to some respect, because it's important not to uh, bulldoze history. Uh, you can still highlight it uh, with the concepts that you have in mind. So for people that want to come here and hang out, obviously only a month old, so a lot of people still haven't been here. Correct. What are some of the staples on that menu, like some like staple cocktails sure. you would recommend? Uh, with this kind of a concept, we're still using all old world spirits. So Eau de Vies, Brandies, Armanecs, Cognacs, Calvados, Absinthe, heavy fortified, aromatized Mistel wines. Uh, we use dessert wines. We use actual wine in the cocktails. Um, we serve hot tea. We have mocktails, and we'll start doing French press. We have non-alcoholic okay. options, too. Very cool. Uh, and we try to do crossovers, incorporating tea into the cocktails. Um, but to match what we're doing here, it has a lot of old world uh, textures, flavors, uh, aromatics. Um, Ingredients, the glassware matches it. Uh, it's very nostalgic. It's like being in Paris, 1920s. Uh, it has that feel. It's very kind of like classy and yeah, kind of like Parisian and French, but it also is very comfortable and very approachable. Absolutely. And you can just sit down for hours. The music's Man. like, like you said, it's like a, the perfect kind of vibe just to hang out, have a great cocktail. Absolutely. And by the way, the backyard, the photos I've seen don't do it justice. That thing, <laughs> that thing is awesome. It's come really cool. about three weeks from now when the weather's nice, it's going to be amazing. 100%. It's going to be amazing. Actually, I want to see it at night. It <laughs> yeah, it's very charming and yet. quaint. Uh, no, and that's it. you got to have a comfortable setting. Uh, you can't, you know, that, that, I think that was an issue early on with Juniper Tar 1.0 is uh, they were trying to 
go off what their interpretation of money was. Right. And it's 2019. Yeah. We're in a city that's heavy tech. Uh, it comes in all forms and sizes. Right. Shapes and sizes. So it's you got to look at things differently. Uh, and open the doors to everyone and let the guests decide if it's the place for them or not. Uh, you can't be all things to all people. But you can be as many things to as many people. And that's kind of the approach we take. That's cool, man. Yeah. A um, couple more questions. I'll let you go. When you're not working, I know you've just been nonstop busy for the past like year, but when you're not working, you're just kind of hanging out. Maybe you want to go to another bar and like be a little off the radar or whatever. Are there sure. any other like good cocktail bars or bars that you like to go to, some dives or maybe some local chefs that you want to give a shout out to? Where, where do you go in San Antonio? Man, that's great. I uh, definitely go to Downstairs. Uh, I mean, being part of their program early on uh, when I moved here, uh, they do it right. Shusa uh, Eves is a great beverage director yeah. uh, over there. Um, he's, he's, you know, opened my eyes uh, a lot in terms of what it is I do now. Um, so I definitely send people over there. It's a refined program. Um, yeah, I love Southerly. Uh, I think they, the lunch pail special over there is amazing. Yeah, it's good. Uh, let's see. Nona, another great uh, place that just come up recently. Oh, Nona, that's there? Dude, that yeah. place is great. So Only good. been once for dinner, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Rebel, uh, I've, I've been adding more or living more of a pescatarian diet cool. uh, lately, and they have a, a great seafood-focused menu, and uh, I've never had a bad meal at Rebel. That's cool. Um, yeah, I in terms of bars, I love sending people over to The Modernist. It's in a house, but it has that like madman awesome. feel, and, yeah. and people really appreciate that. Uh, and then Hotel Emma. Uh, that Sternworth is open to the public. Everyone should experience it. Got to go over there. It, it's like being inside a Wes Anderson you gotta film. Got to go over there. Yeah, it's really, really cool. <laughs> it's, Unlike anything else, almost probably in the no, United States, dude. A billion dollar hotel that's open to the public. So people should definitely take advantage of that. That's cool, man. Um, so yeah, you've opened, I guess, you're the owner and, and, and operator of two spots now. Yeah, and like I said earlier, uh, I, like I partnered with Lucas Bradbury. Uh, we're 50-50 on everything. Okay. And we're going to... We already have our mind uh, set on two more places, 2020, uh, two totally different concepts. I'm not a fan of copy and pasting. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of stretching myself. Can you talk about any of those? Uh, you mentioned one of them, light something, first class. <laughs> no, that one is actually, uh, so three concepts. Okay, 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 so three. <laughs> no, that one uh, we're looking to open uh, by the end of this year. Okay. That's behind Jet Center. It's... Uh, basically very tech driven it's we're going more for like a membership style focus okay it'll be the concept is like elite first class united arab emirates dubai qatar okay uh man really cool i think when i was there at jet setter like a month ago we went and saw uh what was that movie that scary midsummer did you see that we we went and saw that downtown and then we we walked or got an uber over to jet setter Cool. We just talked about that weird movie for like 30 minutes. But while I was there, I saw there was a sign or one of the bartenders told right. me about the new concept. Yeah. So that's what's up. Dude, okay. super exciting, man. And there's a demand for it. Um, we'll be doing uh, like first class feelings, small, intimate bar, no bar seating. That's tight. Uh, we're doing a lot of progressive ideas in terms of how the tech can be uh, coincide with the beverage industry, which I'm really excited about. Okay. Because this is a city where... I have access to that. Yeah. I have access to You do, man. Man, they're in the bar drinking every day. And I know that the potential is there to change the beverage industry through the tech side. So we're already having those meetings and how we can do that through first class. Interesting. And, and change it not just in our city, but state, national, global, in terms of how we can, what the future can be. That's cool. In terms of beverage. So we're going to really geek out on that concept. Uh, uh, in terms of 2020, None of it's really on. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. Yeah, just hold yet. On, hold but, on, but man, the two more strategic locations, two completely different concepts than what we're already doing to stretch ourselves, to stretch the portfolio. Uh, still has that same core value of principles. But they're bars. Same uh, training programs. Okay. Uh, but just different parts of the world, uh, different parts of the city. Are they are they bars? Can you tell bars. Me that? Okay. Yeah. Well, but one is bar food. Uh, one is uh, bar retail. And we're thinking 2020 opening dates? Both. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So soon. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah man. Uh, like right now, the grind is real. Yeah. Uh, I want to use the platforms that I've earned for good. Uh, and I want to keep putting the right people in the right places and ultimately transforming the city as much as possible. 
in about three years, everyone else will show up. I was about to say, and you're, you're in a great, you're, what you're doing, you need to do it now. 100%. Everybody else is going to get Two to three in. years, just grind. And, and everyone out there should do the same. Yeah. Uh, it is coming. All signs point to San Antonio. Uh, but yeah, the ones that already have a bigger name, more money, they're going to slide in at the buzzer yep. and just buy whatever's left. They are. And just, they're already more cut So through. people like us, we need to do it our Plant way. the roots. Yeah. Now. Absolutely. That's cool, man. So, okay. Uh, some areas I'm looking at, uh, Southtown's always good. Uh, east, anywhere east. St. Paul Square, that's a grand swing. There's some stuff happening over there, right? And it needs to. I'm into it, dude. Uh, I love and, that place. And I'm looking to put an anchor there, no doubt. Dude, do it. Because that's that's going to be, a, yeah, it's going to hit. I'm about it, man. Uh, and then, of course, downtown. Right now, it's still a little sleepy, but you have places like Royal Blue that are extending the hours for, boat, for dry goods. Uh, places like that will help. Bring people downtown. Um, what do you think about, um, you know, you mentioned neighborhood bars are all the way. I mean, like this. This yeah. is kind of a neighborhood bar. Um, I think of Cullum's Girl, yeah. that area, the same area strip. What about something like that? Man, it's beautiful. Well, that, you know, that'll always, in my mind, be where the locals go. Yeah. That's the industry. That's the yeah. locals. And like, that's something that you share with, like, your, your close friends if they're cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Let me take you to the strip. Because uh, it'll probably always have that feel. It seems that it always has. Um, I hope that it doesn't turn into something that just doesn't make sense. That's why I'd like someone like you to come over and do yeah. something cool. Yeah, 100%. Man. Yeah. Uh, and that would be a fun... Man, I live right there too, so I walk over. That's where I live. Uh, yeah. Little Death, uh, what they're doing they're is great. killer. They're great, like, man. Uh, oh, uh, uh, you know, I've told Jack here, and uh, it's a great concept, man. He's not he's not robbing any people. He's offering ah. great quality and like great price points in the neighborhood. I mean, it's amazing. It was, it was a needed thing. Absolutely, there. absolutely. It's also yeah. my space and did it. Um, so about pastiche specifically, if people are listening to the podcast, they want to get over here, sure. check it out. What are your current hours? Um, is there you know a dress code? What's a no, parking yeah. situation? Any, any pro tips? Yeah. What's up? Let me give you the the details. Uh, Thursday we do four to midnight. Friday uh, four to one. Saturday noon to one. Sunday noon to ten. And depending on how the demand is, we'll expand our uh, hours of operation. Uh, we're doing uh, food all hours. Okay. <clears throat> parking is tricky. It is a neighborhood. We don't have a parking lot. It's all street parking. I parked on the street. Yeah, go. and it's, yeah. it's completely legal, just not off Houston. Okay. Uh, and it is, we have had no issues. Uh, like I said, the community is very supportive and protective of the area. So uh, I know a lot of people kind of think of, uh, the east side is a, a place of, of caution, but it, it's we like I said in the year and a half that I've been here building out, yeah, not one issue, not one issue, no, yeah, That's uh, and and you know and honestly we didn't know what to expect moving over here either, but it's been very uh, there's always that unknown, yeah. you, and and it's always great when nothing, yeah, it all just run goes smoothly and that on that man road. it's cool and it just shows you that uh, there's there's exciting things to come. It shows you that we're moving in a positive direction. Uh, and then hopefully like today's little interview inspires others to uh, go ahead and, and start their dream Pull the trigger from yeah, an idea man. to reality because any of it can happen it really is that, that state of will um, you just yeah push 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 well, dude I think what you've been doing the past like what two three four years now in San Antonio yeah. you've just been killing it obviously what you just talked about the things you'll be doing with pastiche here and jet setter and then your, yeah. uh, your concepts that are coming up um we, you know, ever since I've gotten here in 2015, right. it's the guys like you that make me want to stay. And I think it's really, really man, cool, man. Likewise, dude, and I'm happy we met. Uh, define like-minded individuals that see uh, and take arrows. We're trailblazers, so we're taking arrows <laughs> along the way, but for the greater good. Yeah. Uh, and I know you mentioned earlier, like, where do you find the answers? Uh, I went through the breakfast and lunch cohort. Uh, as soon as Trooper closed, I signed up and went through that program, which helped a lot now I'm going to go back as a mentor during that program okay. this, this session uh, and then I went to uh, UTSA downtown campus their uh, SBDC the small business yeah. development center oh, yeah. and all their courses are free and they're online and I was going I went I went out of the way went to every class I could get my hands on Seriously? asked the questions got the contacts uh, and that's the only way uh, really I'm you, you Humility means you have to ask questions. Yeah. That means you don't know. Yeah. And you have to go out there and you have to do it. You can't be afraid of people stealing your ideas. You have to think past that in terms of confidence. And if it's a really good idea and someone mimics it, then you're only bettering the city anyways. 
it's a form of flattery. So I gave up on that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I agree. And I changed my mentality to, here's what I'm doing. If anyone else can do it, it's only going to better the yeah. city. Yeah, if you can do it the way the way I do it, then right. great. Yeah. Do it. Then but most I'll, people can't. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you have, to, you have to have that kind of confidence. I know I've met a lot of people that are just so secretive with their ideas. Yeah. But all that does is hinder you. I agree with that. No one's going to help you because you're not allowing them to help you. Yeah. Uh, so you got to get over that state of mind and believe in yourself and believe what you're doing. Uh, but truly getting out there, you have to put in the time. No one's going to care as much as you do. And the work, man. It's just going to yeah. be a lot of work. Don't, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Don't think it's going to be some easy thing coming it's in not. here and opening up a cocktail bar. Yeah, or a I tell people, you're going to lose 30 pounds. You know your life's yeah. about to suck, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same shit. You just have to really change your mind uh, and be all in. So, yeah, if you decide you're going to create something, yeah, your life's about to get really hard. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me out here. This is people. Y'all just opened, so anybody that's heard of Pastiche is really going to love this episode, and I, I hope Dude. that if you haven't, get over here. This place is super cool. There are already people in here at you know, <laughs> 4.35 when I got here. Cool, um, backyard is awesome. The inside is awesome. Super good date spot, post-dinner spot. I mean, anything. So get over here. Check it out. Um, and yeah, man, I really appreciate Dude, it. Dude, man, appreciate, appreciate your time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Building Something Out of Nothing. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at ed, that's ed6238, at gmail.com. As always, you can visit either one of our locations seven days a week. Our roastery and first location is over at Warehouse 5 at 1333 Buena Vista Street. If you'd like to serve Shotgun House coffee roasters in your restaurant, cafe, or office, shoot us a quick email at orders at shotgunhouseroasters.com or contact me anytime at 254-913-9031. Our intro music is provided by the Delicate Boys from Austin, Texas. You can find this song and their entire album on Spotify. Thanks.